Hi, this is Igor from hdhead.com. I am going to tackle a really boring subject of indexing and media management because just the other day I had to delete about five and a half terabytes worth of media from an Avid DS system. Media that was rendered using temporary quality, low quality settings, orphaned media and things like that. We needed to clean out the drives before we could do a final render on a, on a 2K DI. And the whole process was so easy to do and took only 15 minutes that I was really amazed. So that's why I wanted to share some of the insights on the, how these things are done. And actually, it's not as boring as I thought it would be. So what is this media indexing to begin with? Avidias spends a lot of muscle in the background trying to keep a track of your media, the clips that use that media, sequences these clips belong to, and so forth. Some nonlinear systems don't use indexing at all, or some use very little indexing. So the question is, why is it necessary to do it in the, in the Avid DS when it comes at the expense of uh, computer power that's, that's consumed in the background while the indexing is taking place? Indexing is not really 100% needed, but it's actually very, very useful. It's nice for several reasons. One is it's really easy, as I mentioned at the beginning, to delete stuff that you don't need anymore. So big deal. I mean, you, you could go in and, and manually delete stuff and, and people do it. And it's, yes, it's time consuming. You can make mistakes and delete stuff that's necessary and all that sort of stuff. But but it's possible to do it without the computer power. However, there's one, in my opinion, there's, there's one reason why indexing is really, really cool. And I will show you what I mean. I'm going to make a little colored clip here on the timeline. That will do. And I will put another layer on top of that. So now we have a picture on top of a colored background, and I will add a DV clip effect to that. Uh, maybe make it a little smaller, rotate it, put it up there in the corner, give it a little bit of border. And our section of timeline turns red because it needs to be rendered, so we will render that. And now it's, the color's gone, and we can play back in real time. Now, let's say the client says, all right, well, that's cool, but what I really want is I want the picture to start full screen and then, and then go into that little corner. And I will say, that's fine. Let me just save this preset in case we need it again. And about halfway through, I will click on the DV effect, and uh, I will keyframe all the parameters that I have changed. And then at the beginning, I will enter zero into each one of these. And uh, we'll blow this up to to full screen. And observe what's happened on the timeline. Only the portion of the move that's animated is red, that it needs to be rendered. The rest of this is gray, which means that DS is using the pre-rendered cache so it doesn't have to render it again. If you look at the animation curves for this thing, you can see it exactly. Only the portion where there's a move is the portion that we have to render it. So I highlight this, render it again. And then the client says, you know what, uh, that's fine, but I, I changed my mind, forget about the move. And I say, fine, we can delete that, put that original DV effect I saved up here, and uh, the portion of the timeline is rendered because DS knows that it, it was rendered before, and it keeps track of all these parameters, knows that the picture was in this upper left corner with, with this exact same rotation and border and all this stuff. So whether I do this today, apply this clip effect back tomorrow. You know, as long as those caches are present on the disks, DS will link to them and, and will not need to render again. It gets even more cool than that. So for example, our auto keyframing is turned on. Uh, if I just do some some pretty wacky thing, it doesn't, doesn't really matter what we do here. Uh, let's do this and that and uh, go to the end. Do this. Let's render this. Uh, look at our animation curves. If you just decide to make a little animation adjustment between several keyframes, like for example here right in the middle between the keyframe 2 and 3, for example, move it up, the only part of the timeline that needs to be rendered is the is this part where we have adjusted the move. Everything else is reused 
from um, from the existing caches. To me, that's a real benefit. When you need the speed, you know, when you're working with a client or uh, just basically don't want to spend a lot of time rendering, AvaDS will use whatever it can use, whatever it can find, instead of re-rendering it again. Uh, some other NLEs, any little change you make, everything becomes unrendered, even though the media is still on the drives, but it's uh, it's no longer accessible. Well, DS's indexing keeps track of all that stuff, so anytime you need to go back to something, if you change your parameters, with uh, whether those are Avid's, uh, Avid DS's uh, native effects or third-party plugins or whatever it is, if you're remaking something that existed before, something that was rendered, the indexers will link back to the existing media and you will not have to render it again. Inside of the DS, there are two tools that you can use to keep track of all this media. One of them is the media tool, which is accessible from Data Management Media Tool. I'm going to call it up from multi-instance view media tool so I can have it spread across the whole screen so we can see better what's going on. A media tool is very intuitive but it's also very full featured and maybe a little difficult to explain what exactly is going on but the the bottom line is it allows you to see what media belongs to what entities and also allows you to, to delete that media. Uh, and lastly it also allows you to link to that media. Uh, if you have media that's orphaned that does not have any clips attached to it you can you can use this to easily link to that media. Up here on the top we have four icons the first one is projects. If you drop it in the left pane, it gives you a list of all the all the projects on this particular workstation. If you drag the second icon, which is the sequence icon, it gives you a list of all the sequences in the current project. This icon gives you the all the clips that are in use in this project, and this one gives you the list of all the media that's associated with this project. The tool also works in a different way. If I scale it down a little bit, I can drag and drop things from the bin. Like for example, if I want to see what media files are associated with this clip, so we have a clip, I drop the clip from the bin onto the pane on the left. It gives me the name of the media file, of .gen DS media file that this clip is using. You can sort, when you have more than one clip, you can sort this based on, on these columns up there and you can also rearrange and customize these columns and save your custom presets. We'll just glance real quickly. Here's the location of your media. If you need to know what folder this is in, this, this is the folder. Uh, so we see that the video compression is uh, a 3 to 1, standard def, 720 by 486, some other pertinent information is there, and this is where the fun begins. So now, okay, we drag this clip from the bin onto the left pane. What, what if I drag it from here onto the uh, sequence icon? It will give me the list of sequences this clip is used in. It's used in a sequence called pre-multiplication 2, 3, and 4. That's really interesting. If I drag it back here onto the media icon, it will give me again the media that this is used in. If I if I take the media, drag it and drop it onto the sequences icon, it gives me the sequences this media is used for. So you get the idea. If I drag and drop it onto the uh, the projects icon, it gives me the projects this this thing is used in. Because there's a very complex relationship that you can establish between the media and clips. A clip can point to a piece of media and multiple clips can point to, to the same piece of media. Those clips can belong to the same sequence or they can belong to different sequences or they can belong to different projects and different sequences altogether. So the media tool is here to kind of shine the light on those and uh, allow you to delete media if you if you wish to do so. So for example, let's say we'll go up here, go to the sequences. My current sequence is uh, called uh, indexing and media management. We'll find it here. I will drag it and drop it onto the media icon and this gives me the list of media. Multiple select these clips, or actually, not, I'm sorry, not clips, uh, multiple select this media, right click on it, and say delete, and this will delete all this, uh, all these media files. You, you certainly can delete media in the media tool, but it may not be the best place. There's another tool called uh, Purge Tool, which is designed for that very specific purpose. Uh, also, since 
I right clicked on this right now you can see there's some other options you can choose uh, you can copy and move media defragmented uh, and do all kinds of stuff down here we have uh, the common icons list uh, details thumbnails and script views of, of, of this media thumbnails is sometimes uh, useful so you can quickly see what this media is sometimes you have orphaned media that's not attached to any clips well if you identify those uh, media files you can click on T and you will you will have a little icon and see see what's in those files